Hello and welcome to Freelance Party Broadcast, the podcast brought to you by Freelance Corner. Today we're joined by Angharid Salazar Huelin, a copywriter and content strategist who runs the Flex Network, a collective for small businesses and freelancers. Angharid, with a name like that, you must be Welsh. <laughs> well, sorry to disappoint, but I'm actually uh, from Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> How can you have a name like Angharid Huelin and not be Welsh? Where did that come from? Well, apparently when I was born, um, my dad wanted to give me a Welsh name. Um, and my mum said offhandedly, oh, not Angharid. And my dad was like, yes, that's the one. <laughs> and I've been stuck with it ever since. So. <laughs> and I was expecting you to come in with like a really strong Welsh accent as well. Yeah, <laughs> no. And I lived in Australia for six years. So when I came back from Australia, I had an Australian accent. And so that was extra confusing. Oh so my gosh, it sounds please, it. Please say you lived in New South Wales when you were in Australia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Representing Wales still. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about networking. Ang Harrod, hi. Hello. <laughs> so can you first tell us a bit about the Flex Network and what you do? Yes. So I started the Flex Network um, maybe about a year and a half ago. Um, I went freelance um, in between having uh, children and I found it incredibly isolating being at home all the time, working from home and not really having that network that you have when you do when you're an employee or you're in an office environment. And I really missed it. And I went to a networking event locally in South London and it was like something like I've never been to before. So you could take your children along. It was all creative people. It wasn't talking about nappies and um, <laughs> sleeping patterns, which is fine for, uh, you know, many people. But I just missed my career and the conversations around my career. And I absolutely loved it. And I went home. I got commissioned straight away that afternoon because I was so, you know, hyped up. And then I thought, I just have to keep this going. And so then I started running my own events, first of all, monthly and then uh, twice a month as I grew the business. Amazing. So when when you were running these events, you know, were children there? Um, what kind of things did you do? So the first event that I ran was called Parents in Business, and it was part of a collective um, that did a weekly pop-up in South London for parents. And so I ran the networking side of that. And it was amazing. So people would come with their babies, with their toddlers. There were toys there. We would not worry if a baby started crying. The whole group just understood that was okay. Um, and we would discuss, it was like a mastermind. So we would discuss, I guess, our business plans, our goals. Uh, we'd have a theme every month, whether that was by sector or by sort of timing. So whether what are you doing for the Christmas um, retail market or how are you growing your business? What's your elevator pitch? Anything, any kind of topic that was timely. But it was just a really good group of men and women who had creative visions and wanted a way of working that suited their new lifestyles. So that one was specifically aimed at parents. And then off the back of that, I started running uh, another event in the evening, which was more um, relaxed, a bit more wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a meal and I had guest speakers that uh, could be like a retail expert or a business coach, or I run some on social media or content planning. And again, that whole monthly consistency I think really helps small businesses and freelancers to stay in touch with their community to stay on track with their goals to always be learning and that relaxed environment evening environment I felt was really wonderful as you would go for drinks with colleagues you were going for drinks with your flexible working colleagues essentially 
So from that point, I grew the digital networking side of things. So I have a Facebook group. I have a weekly newsletter, which covers insights across social media, marketing, um, creative, and what I like to call job experience and design. So the future of work could be four-day weeks. It could be flexible hours. It could be part-time. It could be co-working. It could be any kind of attitude towards how work is changing for the better in the future. That's so interesting. So today we're, we're kind of looking at top tips for networking. And if you had to say like maybe the, the number one tip, the top tip that you would give to freelancers or self-employed people with networking, what, what would it be? My number one tip is definitely to think about what you can offer rather than what you can receive. Right. Because as soon as you do that, it takes all the pressure off you. You feel a lot less awkward and nervous about going to some of these events. And it's a really generous thing to do. It makes you feel good. And it really helps enrich and widen and enhance your network because when you're meeting new people and you're thinking, how can I help that person? And then other people are doing in that reciprocation. It becomes a much more beneficial relationship and a longer term relationship rather than thinking, I've got to get their business card or Mm. I've got to find out what they do. And then I've got to move on. I've got to talk to 100 people. It just takes all the pressure out of it. And I think it does give you that rosy glow about how you can help people. Definitely interesting. Because I'm a really awkward networker. Like I go to networking events But you go there and I mean, like, obviously Jess and I are employees. So a lot of the time it's like we touched on before we started the podcast is that you will go to these events, but you're representing a company. Well, I mean, you're obviously representing yourself to an extent, but obviously freelancers, you're representing yourself because your company is your brand. But um, just like advice, could you give me advice? Could you give freelancers listening? But like, how do you even tackle trying to get the confidence to network well? Because it's really hard when you're like dumped into a room full of people and it's almost like sink or swim. It's super hard. There's two sides of it. I think you can do as much prep as you can. So find the right networking event. Um, Like I say, I found one that was perfect when I had small children. Um, And then I created one where I felt I didn't want to take my children. Um, some networking events, I think, don't necessarily have a modern attitude, but there are so many more springing up that have a new way of thinking about what networking means. It's not just that one-time connection. It's building long-lasting professional relationships, which can be continued on social media or, you know, part of newsletters and things. So the whole landscape is changing. I used to be quite a nervous public speaker. (laughs) And then when I ran my own networking events, I just sat there one evening I thought, what on earth am I doing? I find Hmm. public speaking so nerve-wracking. And just from doing it over and over, I felt like I'd tackled that phobia quite well. So I think the more you do it, the less pressure there is. And reading up on who might be there, maybe having an intro line that you might say to someone, something in common, knowing your elevator pitch, which is a cheesy way of just saying, know your business in one sentence. But knowing that inside and out, being really proud of what you do. So... I found as a freelancer and I've heard from other people, you can often say, oh, I'm just a freelancer. But actually, that's really cool. It's it's going to be part of the future way of working. So own it, feel confident about it and have fun. So I've got a question that's specific to Faye and I. We go to these events quite a lot. You know, we try and meet freelancers. So we go Mm. to these events. Um, (laughs) And our problem is 
that both of us are incredibly messy eaters. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. We went to one in the summer. Faye was tackling some tortilla chips and guacamole and it got so bad that we had to move away from the area we were standing because they, where, where Faye's feet had been, you could almost see like footprints in the guac on the floor <laughs> and I'm just as I always spill stuff down myself and I seem to be like incapable <laughs> of drinking anything even if it's water when I'm like feeling stressed and I just end up just like chucking it down myself for no apparent reason so, so between the both of us we are quite the party <laughs> we are embarrassments to Food ourselves fight, and our families so no wonder why no one wants to network with <laughs> us <laughs> always on our own my question is then, you know, when you go to these networking events and there's the food table, there's like drinks, one, how much drink should you drink? And two, how do you kind of, <laughs> not how do you eat in public? Because that's not your specialism. <laughs> how do you not get <laughs> not everywhere? <laughs> yeah, yeah Faye, I think we start that. But how, you know, what what's like the etiquette around those kind of things, like the food and drink at these networking events? Well, I think I've been guilty of both drinking through my nerves a little bit sometimes and then realising that probably wasn't a good idea and so reining it in. But I think you have to be comfortable at the event. So whatever you need to do to be comfortable and running my own networking events, one of the things that I really tried to cater for was easy to eat food. So such a good idea. That's yes. my kind of event. And also catering for every type of person. So it's really important to be inclusive and representative. So you know, dietary requirements, access requirements, mm. um, thinking about who your audience are and how they might eat <laughs> also would help. Okay, well, maybe no if we ever go to one of your events, <laughs> we'll give you a dietary requirements. Nothing that could drop on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing that's messy. I'll just have some air and dust, please. <laughs> maybe it's the water. <laughs> I think that'd be the best way. So I tweeted a couple of weeks ago to ask for the best networking tips and we got a fair few responses. In fact, the tip that you just said about um, give more than you get, you actually replied to my tweet and said that. Um, but one of the other ones that someone sent in was to control the room. And they said, oh, oh, oh this is a quote, simple, walk in like you were the host of the party. That way you'll naturally greet people and offer to get people drinks, etc." Is that a good tip? Would you encourage that? Or is that something you can do only if you have, you know, the confidence to do so? I actually think that is a quite a good tip because when you are the host of a party, you already feel like you belong. You feel like you have a purpose. Mm, yeah. And I find it much less intimidating hosting rather than attending. And I think that is a good attitude to have in your mind. I don't think you want to be like, going around saying, hey, this is my event. <laughs> it's not. Um, He's an but, imposter! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you. Um, but I think whatever you can do to give yourself inner confidence and feel like, yeah, I have a right to be here. It's okay. I can go and have an awkward conversation and it won't be awkward. I think anything to just beat that initial bout of nerves is, is really good. So is there a way to combat nerves that you'd recommend that isn't just drinking all the wine? <laughs> Please let me know. <laughs> Please let me know. <laughs> In general life. Please let me know. <laughs> um, I definitely think being prepared as possible is good. And I think that once you find your particular style of networking, you'll suddenly see more and more events that are similar. So if you don't like the ones which are 500 people, business cards at the ready, you know, very corporate, 
don't go to them. Find the ones which are 20 people who are meeting in local areas, who are meeting up regularly, who suit your lifestyle. You'll see the same people at different events. You'll start to get to know them and you'll start to build your network and then stay in touch. You know, keeping in touch with your network is just as important as making those initial connections. Networking nowadays doesn't have to be these big events, does it? It can be, you know, finding a freelancer on social media that you want to get to know and just saying, oh, should we go for a coffee or I'm in this co-working space today, should we meet up? That can work as well. And how would you kind of start those conversations without it sounding, I don't know, like weird? I think a lot of those conversations occur naturally. So if you're part of a Facebook group or if you follow certain people on Twitter and you are active and you're giving value, you often come across people who are quite similar to you. They might be in similar locations. And then naturally I found that you say, hey, let's just go for a coffee because it's a natural next step of any of those relationships. Something else that I like to do is if I see a freelance job and I know someone who would be great for it, I always try and connect them. And then the more that happens, the more that you give, you see it coming back. It's, you know, the positive vibes come back. So the more that you connect people, the more that you offer, I think then you people start to trust you. They want to be in touch with you. And then those physical meetups happen more naturally right we actually have on freelance corner a function where you put your location and then you can like check in that you are somewhere so you could literally check in to say that you're in a coffee shop in london somewhere wherever and then people around you can see that you're there and then can suggest meeting up or something like that and it's a way you know we try to make this like networking thing that i'm talking about where it's no longer these big events a bit more friendly for people who find those kind of events completely you know their worst nightmare is walking into a room full of people they don't know those kind of like nice interactions that are just natural as you say and just happen um i think really should be encouraged definitely and i think there's lots of technology being developed all the time which is going to help this culture and enrich this culture so it's great that you're doing that. Another tip that was sent in was to find a table and put your drink down on the table but face the room because that's like a really natural place to stand and it allows people to kind of come in and join the conversation because they it gives them somewhere to put their drink down or put their bag down. I, I quite like that tip. It was probably the one that I read and thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to try that. Yeah, I think that's another good tip. I think anything where someone is stood and they might be looking a little awkward or lost or they might need some help that's your in to go and talk to them and you just have to be brave you have to overcome your own nerves and start that conversation because they might be just as nervous another good tip in these situations is that people are usually more concerned with what they're doing and how they're representing themselves rather than how you are so any start a conversation breaking the ice I think is a good thing Okay. I find that I've got like hundreds of business cards that I'm meant to take to networking events that I always forget. So there's now loads of them in my drawer at work. But how do you feel about business cards and things like that when people take them over to networking events? I think they can be quite useful, but it depends on how you and when you use them. I got a load of really high spec business cards printed and then changed my business name and so <laughs> they're all in a cupboard and every time I give them out I have to explain um, but it's a nice way to pass on your social media details or your email address and keep top of mind but I think that social media 
is probably the new business card. It's where everyone just follows like instantly and then you can stay in touch organically rather than reaching into your bag and finding out that person's business card and then calling them. Is that particularly true in with freelancers where it's maybe they're a bit more online and that then if you know if you're in a corporate setting you kind of want them to have your company's or the company you work for's information as well was it maybe more relevant to freelancers to just have quite a good social media presence I think so because there's the networking events themselves where you actually make that initial contact but you also want to have a really rich network on your social media so staying in touch via Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn I think those natural conversations that happen every day are really important. And then if you do see an opportunity, you want to swing over to someone, you can do that via DM. You can feature your network on your own social media. So um, regramming them or put them on your stories, etc. when they've got something amazing going on. So I think that ongoing promotion and support is really important when you're a freelancer or small business owner much more than when you work for a company yeah so that's a good shout unfortunately that's all we have time for today thanks so much ang harid for coming along i hope our listeners feel more prepared for their next networking event now definitely and thank you to all our listeners for tuning in remember you can find more podcasts and exciting content at freelancecorner.co.uk subscribe like and share from whichever platform you get your podcast from thanks for listening Bye. bye